this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. You've dropped in on an episode I'm entitling Endgame, What in the World is Going On? That's a statement, not a question. You know, life is getting tougher than a $2 steak. Can I get an agreement on that? It surely is. Almost all that we've ever known and liked has been totally shattered. People are dazed and confused. They're locked down, frustrated, hurting, and broken. Well, I can tell you that based on ancient prophecies and announced plans, we can know what is going on in the world. We don't have to guess. You see, from the first chapter of Genesis to the final chapter of Revelation, God explains to us that there is a cosmic battle played out especially on planet earth between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Only God is God, but Satan wants to be God and is trying to dethrone God by ruling the earth. Of course, this will be a futile effort, but all of the emotions are being gone through for that to occur. The kingdom of God is in a battle with the kingdom of Satan on planet Earth. When you look at things such as Rules for Radicals, a book written by Saul Alinsky and dedicated to Lucifer, the original rebel, Saul Alinsky is a darling of the progressive, and I call him the regressive left. When we look at things like BLM Inc., one of the richest groups in America, uh, they say they hate capitalism, but they look pretty capitalistic to me with $1.9 billion under their control. When we look at Antifa, we look at the Cloward-Piven strategy to collapse society developed by sociologists Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Piven in the 60s. We read, and you can do this online, don't take my word for it, when you read the UN Agenda 21 and 2030, when you see what China's doing, it's China, 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 24-7, it seems like. When you see the efforts of jihadists and social justice warriors and this group and that group around the world, ultimately, when you strip away some of the things that are, that are kind of like surface things, you realize that, hey, it's really all just about a kingdom of God being battled by the kingdom of Satan. Satan wants to try to dethrone God. You know, one of the best places to go in the Bible to see this from a 30,000-foot overview is the book of Psalms, and that would be the second Psalm, Psalm 2. So if you have a Bible, you can look at that, but if not, you can look it up online, maybe on Bible Gateway, Psalm 2. Let's read through that together. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion, I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth. 
for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Psalm 2. What a great psalm. We see here played out for us in, in verse 1 that the, the world that does not believe in God is, is raging against God. The peoples of the world want to throw off what are perceived as the shackles and limitations of God. Of course, it's Satan that gives them this idea. It even involves the governments of the world. We see the kings of the earth setting themselves and rulers taking counsel together against what and whom? Against the Lord and against his anointed. They say things like this verbally, out loud, and certainly in their heart. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. In other words, everything that is known to be right and true and moral according to the Word of God, they don't want to hear it. They throw that off and they, they go their own way. Now, you would think God would be terrified about this if you didn't know God very well. Well, God's not terrified. He's amused. Verse 4, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, and the, uh, the Lord shall have them in derision. So he laughs at them. He mocks them. These little people that rebel against God. Verse 5, Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath, and vex them in his sore displeasure. You see, the world is going to be subjected to the wrath of God because it's rejecting the peace offering of God. God has offered a peace treaty through, to the world through His Son, Jesus Christ. But by and large, the, the governments and the peoples of the world have rejected this offer of peace from God. Well, the Lord goes on. You know, I don't know if you are aware of this, and if you're not, this might be quite upsetting, but I just have to tell you this. In verse 6, God says He's going to do something whether the world likes it or not. Whether you understand it or not, or agree with it or not, something is going to happen, and you can, you can bet a billion dollars on this, and you'll be a winner. This is going to happen. Jesus Christ is going to rule on the throne of David from Jerusalem in a global government that's the real global government. And that millennial kingdom will last a thousand years. And then heaven follows after that. Say, so why do you say that, Pastor Ed? Look at verse 6. It's right there in one sentence. It's point blank. God says this, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, 
and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. You see, when the world opposes God and they oppose Jesus Christ and the the governments and political leaders of the world say, hey, don't give us that God stuff. Don't talk to us about Jesus. God says, well, I'm going to, and you're going to listen. God is going to establish his son, Jesus Christ, on the throne of David to rule the world for a thousand years in Jerusalem. And he will literally fulfill his promise to King David. Great David's greater son, Jesus Christ, will rule on David's throne. Wow. Say, well, what if the world doesn't agree with that? They won't have a voice in it. They will learn to love it because God is going to make that happen. Now, right now, if people are listening who are what I call worldlings, they can't help it. They were born into it and they don't know Christ yet, but this may be your episode. You may come to Christ by listening to this and that's what I want to have happen. But if you're not within the, the world of Christian thought and biblical thought and all of this is very strange and odd and offensive to you, I want you to know God doesn't care about that. God is going to do what he's going to do. Jesus Christ will rule the world. Now, he has some advice for you, and that's in verse 10. If, this, if you're opposed to this and you don't like this, you should listen very intently to these three verses, especially if you might be a leader of a country, a a king or a president or uh, some type of emperor or whatever you are in your country. If, If you're one of the high and mighty in this world and you've not bowed the knee to King Jesus yet, this is what God says to you. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And here's his direct counsel. You know how people all over the world, especially in the Middle East and many of the European countries, the the kiss on each side of the, the face, you know, each side. You've seen that in movies. Maybe you grew up with that in your culture. It's kind of foreign to American culture, but we get it. But here's God's counsel. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. So my direct counsel to you today, if you're not yet a Christian, and this This is really the Lord's direct counsel to you today from his word and Psalm chapter two, verse 12 is this, kiss the son. You need to bow your head and your heart, your life to King Jesus. Become one of his subjects, one of his loyal servants today that you not face the wrath of God later and you will be among the blessed that put their trust in him. So it comes down to this, my friend, repentance or wrath. 
Those, that, those are your only two choices. But I don't like those choices, Pastor Ed. Doesn't matter. That's your only two choices. Repentance or wrath. If you're not a Christian and you've lived your life your way, you're at a crossroads right now, spiritually. Are you going to continue on your way and end up facing the wrath of God either at your death or when he returns to this planet? Or will you be wise, like it says in Psalm 2, verse 10, be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling, kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Are you going to be one of those who bows your life, your heart to Jesus Christ in repentance, confessing that you do sins because you are a sinner? Everybody gets it honestly. We're all born into that. But many of us have come to Christ, received his forgiveness and his eternal life and we will not face the wrath of God. Jesus Christ took that for us on the cross. When he rose again, literally, physically, on the third day, victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave, it proves that God accepts his sacrifice so that we can be forgiven. So are you going to bow the knee in repentance? Or are you going to be stubborn and hard-hearted and be a hard head and end up facing the wrath of God? That's the choice you've got to make. Now, as a world, where are we on the timeline laid out from the ancient prophecies? Well, I want you to know that God said he would put his people back in the land. Well, you know what? In May of 1948, Israel was reborn as a nation. Say, oh, well, so what? Well, here's the so what. That's never happened before in world history. There's never been a nation that's gone out of business, <laughs> gone out of existence, been dispersed all over the world. Their language had died that was reborn. That's never happened. So that's a miracle. So that's literally been, been fulfilled. So we're living in prophetic times for sure. But then you realize that there's going to be a massive push for global government that ultimately, whether the world realizes it or not, will be headed up by the one the Bible calls the Antichrist, who is the, the ultimate expression of opposition to Jesus Christ. He is the substitute Christ. He is Satan's version of Jesus, so to speak. And he's going to try, Satan is going to try to rule the world through the Antichrist. Remember that whole kingdom of God versus the kingdom of Satan battle that's always been here? Well, we're seeing it start to really come to the forefront right now. Now, I believe biblically that the Lord will remove his church, the bride of Christ, from the world before the tribulation period begins and that 70th week of Daniel, spoken of by Daniel the prophet in his book, and you can go back and read those prophecies. 
I believe that that 70th prophetic week, a week of years, seven years, will begin and unfold and the church will have been removed while God's wrath is poured out on a Christ-rejecting world. The church is at the marriage supper of the Lamb during those seven years, and we will return with Christ to rule with him on the earth in the millennial kingdom. Now, there's a whole lot about that that you're going like, but but, 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 but what about this? What about that? And we can't go into that on this episode, but if you look back on this week into the Word, uh, in the Word, and many of the podcasts that I've done. I've done some series. I've done um, standalone messages, and you'll be able to tell from the titles. Listen to several of those, especially in the Future Trends series, and you'll understand a little better about this whole timeline. But I think we're right on the edge of the rapture of the church, the removal of the church. Now, this is what I want you to know about what the world has planned. You, you remember me mentioning the announced plans? The world is feverishly trying to craft a global world government that doesn't include God. Duh. I mean, how you don't get that, I don't know. But anyway, even the UN is working on that. All the, all the leaders of the countries by and large, except somebody like President Trump and Boris Johnson and a few others, most of the leaders and most of the countries of the world are trying very hard to get to global government. And then a problem happened, and his name was President Trump. (laughs) He doesn't go along with that, and this is one of the reasons he's so hated. This is how I look at it. The the, all of these forces working to establish global government, of course, they each think they're going to be in charge and they'll get rid of the others. Like, that's how jihadists use these other groups because they figure, hey, when we're totally in charge, we'll just knock them off. Well, the other groups are planning to do the same thing to everybody else. <laughs> the whole goal, though, is conflict, and boy, do we see that, collapse, Um, Hello, burning cities all over the United States. Conflict, collapse, and then control. Because people cannot exist very long in a state of emergency. And one thing history teaches is that when people are stressed enough, they will cry out for order and control, and that's when tyranny rushes in. Now, the whole thing about defunding the police, the people calling for that, they want to get rid of the police. But it's not that they don't believe in police power. They want to get rid of the police so they can have their own police. They'll be the police. There's not ever going to be a world where there's no police. It's just a question of who controls the law enforcement powers. You see what I mean? But the whole idea of just collapse the system and then, then take control, and in the minds of those who want to build a wonderful new utopia, uh, which ultimately will be the kingdom of Satan. I don't know if they know that or not. I think some of them do, but, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter whether they know it. I mean, that's what's going to happen. It doesn't even matter if they believe that. It's still going to be what's hap- going to happen. 
But control is next. Conflict, collapse, control. But here's something they weren't counting on. The coming of Christ. Jesus Christ is coming back to demolish that global government and set up his millennial thousand-year kingdom on the earth. And you know, the world will fold like a cheap card table to Jesus Christ. When he comes back, it's over. He will be in charge. Now, until he comes back, I think America is the last stand for freedom. And as we approach the elections, I'm recording this in September of 2020, so the November elections are still ahead of us. But as we approach those elections, to me, it's become very simple. And it, and it has to a lot of people as well. If you love freedom and you love America for what America is intended to be, the, the last stand for freedom, you pretty much know who you need to vote for. Now, if you hate America and you don't like liberty and you want to be told what to do in every smallest part of your life by government who has the power to throw you in jail or kill you, then you know who you want to vote for. But America is the last stand for freedom. There's nowhere else to go. Oh, well, I'll just go to this country. Have you checked on that country lately? There isn't anywhere else to go. America is the last best hope for freedom in the world until Jesus Christ comes and takes over. Now, here's some possible scenarios that could emerge. America survives, and President Trump might be a placeholder president until the rapture of the church. And there could even be a president or two after him that serves in that same capacity. But once the church is taken out of the world, I believe there will be societal collapse. And once that collapse comes, then the control rushes in to seize the moment for global government and freedom is extinguished. Or, as we approach the elections, America succumbs through some insane way of thinking. America decides to go for more and more government. Then it's going to be game on for global government, and it'll be a race to the bottom. It's not going to be fun if that happens. Now, I don't know what will happen to you and how you'll handle it, because Jesus Christ lives in me. I can go, I can handle either direction, and he will give me wisdom and strength. But I tell you what, for the people on the other side, if America survives, Trump wins, and they are defeated, they are going to lose their minds, and they will be mocked by God. But you know, it all comes down to this. Take all of the politics out of it. Either way, no matter what happens, you'll answer for your life and your response to the Son, Jesus Christ. That's what we saw in Psalm 2, verse 12. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and he perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled 
but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. If you're not a Christian today, no matter what happens politically, you are going to answer for your life and your response to the Son, Jesus Christ. What I urge you to do is what God says here in Psalm 2, verse 12. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. You you will be born again. You'll have a new eternal life that will come into your life. Jesus will live his life through you. You will be a Christian. Your eternal destiny is secured and safe. You'll live with the Lord and in heaven for eternity. You will never have to pay the price, the penalty for your sin and being a sinner. Jesus did that for you. And he's going to live his life through you to lead others to himself as well. That's what you should do. But for others that are listening today, you're deciding right now that you're not going to do that. You might do it one day, but you're not going to do it today. You'll never do it, some of you are saying. And some who think you'll do it later will die first and you'll never have that chance. I want to urge you to kiss the sun. Put your trust in Jesus Christ that you not face the wrath of God. If you need help with that decision or you have spiritual questions, I invite you to call 888-537-8720. One more time, 888-537-8720. And someone will help you with your spiritual questions, becoming a Christian or living the Christian life. Well, you have a choice to make, and I urge you to choose wisely. Thank you for listening to This Week in the Word, heard at dredhill.podbean.com. We are approaching 5,000 downloads, and in a few weeks, we'll be able to celebrate and rejoice in that together, that the Lord has blessed the podcast and 5,000 downloads have occurred. We're not there yet, but it won't be long. Please spread the word about This Week in the Word. The easiest way to find it is at dredhill.podbean.com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you richly, is my prayer.